0: Hello, I'm Max Dorfmeyer and this is my presentation paper. My topic is, The Regression of Mental Health Stigma and Sexism Toward Women in the Gothic Literature. From the creation of Gothic literature genre, mental illness has been interwoven into many stories to help build feelings of disassociation from the real world. Mental illness is a central theme in the Gothic literature, but is often described as madness or insanity. The use of mental illness in gothic literature gives the author a way to describe the mind of one who is mentally unstable, or to give the reader a news perspective on mental health issues. Many times in gothic literature, both the protagonists and antagonists have dark pasts of mental instability, which can often lead to violent and grotesque plots and resolutions. Great for the gothic genre. At the creation of the gothic literature, women and girls were being prosecuted for their mental health women were ostracized, abandoned, and tortured for going against traditional gender rules or for trying to make a difference in their lives. During the beginning of the Gothic literature creation, madness or hysteria was associated mostly with women, since many believed that women had weaker minds and were less capable of rational thought. This sexism in traditional Gothic literature continued through multiple centuries. Throughout history, images of mental illness in women send the message that women are weak, threatening, and require guidance. Traditional Gothic literature often has a subject matter of concern with the struggle of women in the patriarchal society and is set in the 17th and 18th centuries, where women were seen as less as an equal but as subservient creatures to men. This YouTube video describes the largest attack on women's mental health and how they were killed for being different. Horace Walpole's The Castle of Otranto, written in 1764, is regarded as the first gothic novel. Around this same time, the very first mad doctors or doctors specializing in madness began their specialization. There had been no formal way of treating those who were mentally ill, instead they would just be isolated and left to die. This was also only shortly after 50,000 witches had been killed all across Europe. Women were second-class citizens and became scapegoats to all evil that occurred in Europe. As the end of the witch trials concluded, doctors began to believe it wasn't witchcraft at fault, but they were suffering from mental illness. This re-evaluation led to mental illness to become primarily woman-only. But it is widely regarded by feminist historians today that many women diagnosed as mentally ill in the 18th century were just strong-willed and fighting for a change. They believed the diagnosis of mental illness was to only gain control over the woman and reinforce acceptable social behavior. The Gothic tradition around its creation was predominantly white, European, and middle-class, its two most common themes being the supernatural and madness. The two go hand-in-hand as the appearance of ghosts, unexplainable sounds and events, can be explained by madness, typically from a female character, or proof of the supernatural. The romantic effect and sensibility of the Gothic were widely associated with women. In the roles of the time, women were not given opportunities that they have access to today. Men were seen as too superior to try and understand the thoughts and feelings of a second-class human being. Around 1789, the Gothic genre evolved from early Gothic to high Gothic. High Gothic was dominated by Anne Radcliffe, a world-famous female English author. Anne defied the Gothic tradition and wrote from the perspective of a woman. In the early 1800s, the Gothic was at its peak popularity, as many other authors wrote about terror derived from revolutionary events and political troubles at home. But it was out of popular culture just 15 years later. In 1839, the author Edgar Allan Poe wrote a short story. The Fall of the House of Usher, where the protagonist is a mentally ill girl. It can be argued Poe was sympathetic to the cause of lifting the artistic limitations imposed by society on women. Poe led the charge in the fight for the equality between the sexes. Hysteria, a characteristically female condition, was one of the classic diseases in the United States and Europe of the 18th and 19th centuries. In Charlotte Perkins Gilman's The Yellow Wallpaper, written in 1892, the female narrator suffers from a temporary mental illness, presumably hysteria. She is forced to stay in one room all day by her husband until she eventually becomes insane and believes herself to be in the wallpaper. At the end of the story, the narrator revolts against her husband and symbolically crawls over him to show him the power she had over her life. This gothic short story is also known as a classic feminist piece. Not only did the narrator come to deal with her mental illness, but also gained power to control her life. Hysteria, once a common medical diagnosis for women, which was described as exhibiting a wide array of symptoms, was also thought to have supernatural origins, but in the 18th century it had been determined to have a physical source. The source was the two controlling organs in the female body the uterus and ovaries. It wasn't until the turn of the 20th century, physicians discovered this was not the case. It was also around this time in the United States when women were fighting for their voting rights and a change in gender roles and social relations of power. This was an empowering time for women around the developed world, especially in the United States. In the 1940s, around the time of World War II, the stigma surrounding mental illness was beginning to decline as soldiers returning from the war suffered from emotional trauma, known as shell shock, now known as post-traumatic stress disorder. As soon as men were being affected by mental illness, it was taken more seriously. This is an example of sexism women in the United States face regarding their mental illnesses and diseases. In 1952, the American Psychiatric Association dropped the term hysteria from its medical diagnoses. Although being categorized as a disease, the symptoms were normal functioning female sexuality. The history of people with mental illnesses begins around 1050 B.C. In the 19th century, around 20% of the admissions to mental health hospital were due to perperol insanity, the condition of mental disorders linked to pregnancy and childbirth. Today, mental health and substance abuse disorders affects around 11-18% to 18% of the world's population meaning around one billion people globally are affected by mental illness. It is safe to say the portrayal of mental illness today is completely different than it was in 1764. Mental illness is very relevant today as 46.6 million people in the United States alone live with mental illness. Digging deeper, more than 25% of college students have been diagnosed or treated by professional within the past year. As seen in Sing Unburied Sing, written by Desmond Ward, the characters use drugs to dissociate from the real world and enter a supernatural world of instability and irrationality. A quote from Sing Unburied Singh. Every time I snorted a line, every time I popped a pill, he sat in one of the two empty chairs at the tables with us and leaned forward and rested his elbows on the table. Shows us another way modern authors are placing their narrators into a supernatural world. As medical advances in mental health and illnesses occur, the stigma around them will decline. Over the past 100 years, we've made a large leap in dealing with sexism and mental health in our literature and day-to-day world.